Good morning. Let's pray before we dig into this message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come breathe life over us as we hear. Holy Spirit, we open ourselves to you again. We open our eyes, our ears, our hearts. Come awaken our spirits to your move, your ministry, that we may grow more and more in alignment and likeness to your son, your brother, Jesus. Amen. Have you ever watched a toddler when they've just learned to run? They kind of do this. They kind of go all over the place. I'd maybe look more like an ape than a, than a toddler, so I'll put my hands up. They've got their hands up because they're still not sure. They get distracted over here. Hello. But then they get distracted over here because there's something else over here exciting. Hello. But then they see something over there and they go over here and they go, what? I'm running. Hello. Are you familiar? Or am I just being a bit silly? Have you seen that in toddlers? I'm just being a bit silly. That's what you're all saying to me. I can see that. Um, let's have a picture of a toddler on the screen, Andy. You what, what, what? It's there. It's there. It's just not on there. Okay. So, yeah, you might be familiar with this kind of aimless, excitable running around of a toddler when they first learn to run. If you think about their direction like I was then, they're all over the place, meandering, just thinking about, oh, there's something exciting over there, there's something exciting over there, I want to go over there. They don't really know which way they're going. Their attention is triggered by anything that's bright and shiny and new. And their pace, even though I might have been a little bit quick then, is a bit staggering. It's a bit side to side as they're stumbling around, just learning to find their feet. I wondered if we contrast that to the way in which Usain Bolt runs. There he is. Now, I'm not going to run like Usain Bolt, I'm sorry, because I can't. <laughs> but think about his direction. Think about his attention. Think about his pace. He's got his face fixed on the goal. He knows where he's going. Yeah, it's a 100-meter sprint or a 200-meter sprint. But he's got his eyes fixed on his direction. He knows he's not getting distracted by everything that's going on in the crowd in the stadium. He's focused. He's in the zone. He knows where he's going. And he gets the 100-meter record for being the fastest man on the planet. And he still holds it. So that's the contrast I want to bring to us today. Let's have the next slide, Andy. What do you think this means? Go on, Mason. That Usain Bolt's faster, yes. Yeah, so it's be less toddler, be more Usain Bolt. That is my strap line for this morning. Be less toddler, be more Usain Bolt. Can we all channel our inner, inner somewhere down there deep Usain Bolts this morning? Paul, in his letters, often uses this run, these running analogies when he talks about what it is to follow Jesus, to live a life of faith. He uses it here in his letter to the Corinthians. He tells them, 
run to win. And I've got the, the final verses from the message version, and I'm just going to read those to us. So this is verses 24 to 27, which are on the screen. You've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs. One wins. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No lazy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it, and then missing out myself. I wonder what it means for us, either as individuals or as church here as Trinity, to run, to win. What does it mean, Trinity, run, to win? Well, I've got some thoughts, and I wonder what you'd add in too. Be thinking what you'd add in too as I share my thoughts. I think there's something, like Usain Bolt, he has a clear direction. There's something about having a clear vision, a clear goal and purpose. Not running around aimlessly like the toddler, but knowing where you're going like Usain Bolt and having a purpose. So there's a question for us. How specific is our vision? How specific is our purpose as individuals but as Trinity? The second thing, and this alludes to it in the passage, in the message version, it's to train hard. I think it says no lazy living. Following Jesus should be continuously transformative as we are discipled to become more and more like him. How are we doing with that? How are we doing with our training hard to become more and more like Jesus? This is quite scary, it's a scary thought, but if we were to hold a mirror up to our lives, what would it reveal about what we're training for, what we're working towards? Maybe it might reveal we've got other priorities, that Jesus isn't our priority. Maybe it might reveal that Jesus is still our priority, but actually we've got a bit stuck in a rut. We've lost our way a little. Maybe it might reveal like we're like Paul, that we're all out for Jesus. We're totally sold on, on following Jesus, on fixing our face like flint in following Jesus. Or maybe it reveals we're not actually running at all that we're stagnant and still. I wonder what your mirror would say to you. The third thing is to stay alert and in top condition. That's lifted from uh, the message version. I'll just read Hebrews 1 to 2, 12, 1 to 2 to you. There's too many twos in that sentence. Um, it should be on the screen as well, Andy. Super, thank you. Do you see what this means? 
all these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. The cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. So what does it mean to stay alert and in top condition? Well, it means focusing on Jesus, keeping our eyes on him, not looking at the worry or the opposition or the trials or, or the suffering, but keeping our eyes fixed like flint on him, on eternal life with him, on the hope of glory with him, meeting him face to face in heaven. It means stripping off all the stuff that holds us back, whether that's sin, whether that's other stuff that gets in our way. It's stripping it off. That's what it says in this, in this passage. Take it off. Discard of it. Don't go there anymore. Don't, don't hold those weights over yourself. Because how can we stay alert and in top condition if we are weighed down? Staying alert and in top condition might mean adjusting our routine. It might mean adjusting our rhythm of life so that it matches our purpose, our vision, our goal. So when you held that mirror up to your life, what did you see? As a church, do we see prayer? Do we see reading together, studying together? Do we see coming together as the gathered body of church, of God? Do we love? Do we forgive? Do we serve? How's your routine doing? It's about spiritual health, being in top condition, staying alert. It's a spiritual thing. It's moving in rhythm with the Holy Spirit. Because of a life of following Jesus in faith is spiritual. And as we hear God's call to grow, as we hear his call to grow as a church family, we know that as we step out, as we run for him, there'll be spiritual things that we have to try and break through. It's not going to be easy. It isn't easy. There are barriers to break down, and it requires being alert and in top condition. So how are we doing? Are we the toddler? Or are we a little bit more Usain Bolt? Are we running? What are we running towards? Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, speaks a warning to them. He says this in uh, chapter 5, verse 7. You were running the race so well. 
Who has held you back? Who cut in on you, deflecting you from the true course of obedience? Who? What? What's got in the way? It's a warning to us. Don't let anything get in the way. Fix again on Jesus. Because there are many things that can cause us to fall behind, to be off course. You might think that could be the pandemic. You might think that could be isolation. But actually, I think it's spiritual. I think it's spiritual shutdown. Paul himself had reason to fall behind. Think about how many times he was imprisoned. He was imprisoned repeatedly after time, after time, after time. But it, he didn't let it. Let, he, didn't, he didn't let it cause him to fall behind. He persisted. He persisted in his trust of God and his yes to Jesus. Because he knew, despite the suffering, despite the imprisonment, that in all things, God was with him and he was for him. He was all in for God. Like we heard in that passage from 1 Corinthians 9, it didn't matter to him what he received. It was just his joy to be leading people to Jesus. He fixed his face on Jesus. He fixed his course of direction on Jesus with unwavering per perseverance. He imitated Jesus' commitment and determination. So we have a great now or never opportunity. Today, now, this season, this coming out of pandemic, this coming out of lockdown, looking forward, looking at where we go next as a church, it's a great now or never opportunity. As I was praying um, for this message today, um, God was calling us back to himself. He said he wants us to fix our eyes and focus on him. To know his love for us. To know Jesus intimately. To be open again to the movement, the guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit. God says, rise. He calls his daughters and his sons in this place to rise and to run the race marked out for us. Not aimlessly, like toddlers, running around, not really knowing where we're going, getting fixated and, and, and allowing our focus to be distracted on different things. But with determined focus and purpose fixed on Jesus, running in trust faith and perseverance. So I have a question for us to take away, to ponder, to wrestle with, to come up with an answer to. What needs to change as individuals, as a church? If we're running to win, what needs to change? you're not sure how to even approach asking that question, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you.
talk it over with somebody as we have coffee. We're going to have coffee after the service, everybody. As we have coffee, talk it over with somebody. Share what you're thinking. Share what God's saying to you, what you're prompting, what he's prompting you about this morning. What needs to change? Sometimes I offer you an answer to my questions. Not today, folks. Sorry. <laughs> That's one for you to consider, for you to go away and chew on. As I leave you with that, let me pray for us. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you speak. We thank you that you have spoken today. We thank you that you will continue to speak to us. We thank you that you love us unconditionally. We thank you that you are gentle. And we thank you for calling us, for the awesome privilege it is to know your son and for the calling to share him with others. God, and we're sorry. We're sorry for when we've lost our way. We're sorry for the times we've shut down your Holy Spirit in fear or worry. God, and we ask that you would strengthen us, that as you call us to rise again, you would build us up again, that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done in Accrington, on earth, just as it is in heaven. Amen.